Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. All the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I say one Mississippi, there's a magnolia. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime the world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi because as I say every week, we are the capital of the outdoors in America. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV, or you might be watching your, the show on YouTube or Facebook or listening on your favorite podcast. Um, with that said, I always give you the date. It's March the 27th, 2023. It's amazing how fast time has flown by. Hey, you know this um, from, uh, if you're a regular listener, I spent a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta. I just love the Mississippi Delta. And I am praying for the people impacted by that terrible tornado. Um, just keep in mind the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, a long list of nonprofits are on the ground now and uh, the various communities that were impacted. You can also go to Supertalk TV, excuse me, supertalk.fm to uh, find ways to help. Uh, that team at Supertalk News is doing a great job. So uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers and do whatever you can to help them. They're going to need help you know, as a, as a Katrina survivor, uh, someone who worked very closely with Governor Haley Barber as a vice chairman of the uh, recovery effort here in coastal Mississippi. And, and I had the honor of writing the foreword to Haley Barber's book, America's Great Storm. In a way, this is the Delta's uh, Katrina. I mean, it's just, obviously the scale is smaller, but the destruction is very similar. And we know, us, the po- folks of coastal Mississippi know what those people are going to have to go through. They're going to need our help. So keep that in mind and keep them in your in your thoughts as well. Hey, I especially want to thank our title sponsor, the Foundation, uh, the Foundation for Wildlife, the Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Parks. They're doing such a great job. They're working so hard on the behalf of um, Mississippi conservationists. Uh, you know, they, they give a tremendous amount of money to the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, to parks and parks to help with uh, with wildlife and education projects. They get involved in issues like this Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. But they're a group of wonderful, dedicated leaders that are that are working on behalf of the conservation efforts for the state. By the way, um, I, I always I've said this many times before, but when I express my views, they're mine, not the foundations. Um, you know, it's been it's been uh, said many times, but I think it's important to note that I'm a former newspaper publisher. I understand the importance of speaking truth to power and doing it respectfully. Uh, what I've learned over the years, though, is that policy and legislation surrounding wildlife conservation can get really sticky at times. Uh, also note that there's, there's, there's a need to shine the light on the wildlife conservation pro- process, and I'm honored to be here and understand that Super Talk Outdoors has become one of those lights. And I appreciate the fact that you pay close attention to that, and you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that we're part of that process. Uh, incidentally, speaking of the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund, I was why. 
I've uh, been watching it very closely. Uh, as you heard on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman said he had committed $20 million this year, to, or at least committed to uh, that number. I also had conversations um, with House Speaker Philip Gunn over the last week, and he's, he's also focused on the fund. Um, if, if you look at what, where we, you know, we had $10, $10 million this year, but $50 million worth of applications have come through to the Board of Trustees, which is incidentally, um, I think today actually, uh, finishes the process for getting the confirmations done for all the Board of Trustees members. But uh, they had $10 million to work with, and, and so we really need we need more money. The original goal was to get it to $20 million. Um, I'm hoping that you know, they've got a lot on their plates in, in the legislature working on the budget this year, but I'm hoping we can get to that $20 million because the amount, may, amount of matching funds that's available to us can take that $20 million and turn it into 40 50 maybe even more when you think about the federal funds that are, that are engaged. So um, it's, uh, it's, you know, this is one of the reasons, the fact that we are lit at this late date in the legislative session and we still don't know what that number is, is a reason why we have to work harder to get a dedicated funding source so we can just stay focused after that on uh, applications and spending the money on projects that can really be very beneficial to the her- outdoors heritage of Mississippi. Um, I looked over the weekend at the original goals for the show, and I just wanted to k- share a couple of things with you. Um, I said we wanted to be a how-to show, campfire stories, interesting outdoors people and industry leaders, and some, but not too much, of why what happens in Jackson and Washington, D.C. impacts our outdoorsmen. And I'll add to that that. There's been a little more of that lately just because of the white-tailed deer issue, but that's usually not going to be the case. Um, And then I went on to say that our goals are we will work to lead the conversation in this state about Mississippi's outdoors. And I think, you know, my assessment and the assessment of my team, when you look at the feedback we've gotten, you look at the numbers, the strong numbers that we've got across multiple media platforms, um, you know, I think I think it's clear you guys appreciate the job that we're doing, and I want to thank you for listening, for watching, and for paying attention. Uh, it means it means a lot to us. And lastly, I want to say this: I'm extremely proud of the opportunity I had to shed light on the amazing people of the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. I've got two of them today. In the first segment, we're going to have Adam Butler with the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator. And then uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to have Anthony Ballard, who's the nuisance species biologist, and we're going to talk about bears. So without any further ado, let me turn to my dear friend, someone I really enjoy when he's on the show. He was just on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Adam Butler, the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. How you doing, Adam? Uh, it's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to talk turkey, as always. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, listen, we had a great conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago, and what we wanted to do today is kind of circle back and talk a little bit more about the turkey, man, this this amazing species that, thank goodness that the, the Mississippi adopted a, 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 the North American Wildlife Conservation Model back when it did, because the wild turkey was not, you know, was not something you would see in most areas of the state, was it? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk to anybody that's, you know, over the age of 50 or 60, they can probably remember seeing the first turkey they saw, you know. Um, we nearly lost wild turkeys uh, in the early part of the 20th century, and uh, the restoration of the wild turkey, uh, I think I said it on the last episode I was on, but, uh, you know, when the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks was formed, uh, you know, originally the Wildlife uh, Conservation or the, 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 the Game and Fish Commission, um, the legislature, one of their first 
items they tasked the agency with. One of those, one of the reasons we reformed was to restore wild turkey populations because they had been so hammered during the last couple of decades of the 18th or the 19th century and the first couple of decades of the 20th century. So um, that, you know, that resurgence uh, has take, took place here and has taken place all across the country. And so wild turkeys are commonly held up as, you know, one of the uh, greatest success stories of wildlife conservation in North America. Isn't it amazing, though, you look at Mississippi. I mean, is there an area of the state that doesn't have the presence of a wild turkey these days? Well, the only area that you might could say that about would be the, the interior delta, and there's a reason for that. You know, not a whole lot of trees there, and, and, and they're a bird of the forest, so they got to have forested habitats. And, and uh, But now, I mean, you look at the margins of the delta, like along the Mississippi River, really strong populations there. They Right now, a lot of those clubs behind the levees probably have as many turkeys today as they've had in uh, quite a while. We've had several great hatches over there. Um but, you know, we really have turkeys everywhere. Uh, now, they haven't done as well the last couple of years or the last, say, 10 or 15 years. There's been a lot of worry and anxiety about turkeys, and we may could talk about some of that. Um, but the last few years, we, we've seen a, a lot of reason for optimism. The data that we keep on turkey hatches has looked really good the last couple of summers. Uh, this year, uh, people, you know, talking about seeing a lot more turkeys in the woods. Um, our game check number, so for turkeys, you know, we do have – mandatory harvest reporting hunters are supposed to be reporting their bird by 10 p.m on the day it's taken so we've got real-time numbers um our current you know right now today harvest number for wild turkeys is running about 20 percent above what it has the last couple of years so that's good you know positive there uh, and that's despite the fact that we've had you know maybe the the strangest two weeks of weather you could possibly imagine in the springtime, uh, you know, going from a, a week ago today, the high was what, like mid forties. And, uh, you know, and now we're, you know, eighties the last couple of days with all kinds of storms and things. So, um, you know, crazy weather that affects the turkeys, but we're still running a little bit ahead on our, our, our harvest. So when you, when you think, when you say you're, you're right, that it's great to, to see that there's so many people in, in the woods and, that the that the uh, harvest numbers are up twenty percent compared to last year, and they were up. They, we had a good year last year, um, but the reality is that also creates challenges, doesn't it, Adam? And just in terms of managing the resource, right? Yeah. So turkey hunting is one of the few forms of hunting where there's been a real big increase in participation over the last decade or so. You know, you 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 hear a lot of consternation about hunter numbers declining and. And, and, you know, and, and hunter license dollars following that. And those are the things that fund conservation. So there's a lot of worry about having more hunters. Well, turkey hunting is one of the few forms of hunting where that's not really been the case, both here at home in Mississippi and nationally. Uh, hunter numbers have gone, turkey hunter numbers have gone up dramatically. Just in the last uh, decade, our hunter numbers have nearly doubled. And that's on a resource that's not necessarily doubling itself. So that does cause a lot of management issues, you know. We've heard a lot of, a lot of concerns about what do we do about the turkey season and things like that? So we can talk about that. Hey, let's do this, Adam. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about how that pressure on the resources caused some, at least some thinking about how we might be able to manage that better. And then also, when it, once we do that, we'll talk about the, the the wild turkey itself. You know, this incredible animal, this this thing that's addictive for people. We'll we'll come back to that after this with Adam Adam uh, Butler, the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife. 
From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, some sun and clouds, high near 77. Tonight, a 40% chance of rain, low around 55. Your Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 70 degrees. Tuesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 45. And a look to Wednesday, sunny skies, high near 70 degrees. This weather brought to you by Gaddis McLaurin and Bolton since 1871. Join us for our spring open house, Saturday, April the 1st from 7 to 2. Food, beverages, live music, and great deals. In 1920, John Albritton Sr. opened Albritton's Jewelry in downtown Jackson. With an expertise in watchmaking from his time with the Illinois Central Railroad, John not only sold but serviced pocket and dress watches for his fellow Mississippians. Albritton's has maintained that tradition to this day, with two full-time watchmakers on staff that are capable of repairing all major watch brands. Albritton's also offers a vast collection of fine watches built to fit any lifestyle. From dress styles and gold and stainless steel to sporty selections and carbon fiber, All Britons has the watch for you. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britons as their fine watch store. Quality and value go hand in hand at All Britons, All Britons Jewelers. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. On your mark. Good set. Welcome to Trust Care. When time's not on your side and you just want to feel healthy, trust our highly trained staff to serve your urgent, primary, and kids' care needs all under one roof. Just walk in, get great care, and feel better faster. Get care at the speed of you. Visit Trust Care, open late and on weekends too. Feel better faster. Trust Care. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Camelo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Adam Butler, who's the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator. He's a great friend of the show, someone I really enjoy spending time with. So the the the, the hunting numbers are up, the 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 uh, harvest numbers are up, and this is sort of within a framework where you guys were already a little bit thinking about the amount of pressure on what is not an unlimited resource so what's the thinking these days at the department of wildlife fisheries and parks about how right. to that's, that, that. 
Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot of concern, like I said, all across the country uh, about turkey populations because, you know, not just here, but a number of states have seen some some indices and things over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years that have been concerning. And, you know, we've gotten that. We've heard from a lot of hunters. We've gotten a lot of comments from hunters about turkey season and, uh, you know, how we should, we should, what, we, what we should do. Everybody seems to have an opinion on, you know, how the season should be changed or structured or whatever. Um, and so, you know, the last three or four or five years, um, we've taken a really deep dive looking at our spring season framework, really our, our spring and fall season frameworks. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we went through a process of evaluating what, you know, what may be the best fit for, for turkey hunting in Mississippi. Um, we, that, some of that's culminated in some research projects with Mississippi State University. They've always been a great partner to our agency on, uh, science and, and doing a lot of the heavy lifting on some of the really complex analysis and stuff or questions that we have. And, uh, we, we kind of came to a point where we do, we, we, we are planning to make some recommendations, um, to the commission on wildlife fishers and parks about turkey seasons going forward. So not, Nothing that would affect this current season we're in, but looking forward to 2024 and beyond, um, we're going to bring some recommendations uh, to the April commission meeting, which we we hope will be well received by the by the public to to address turkey hunting in Mississippi. Well, short in the season, Adam. What's what's the thought there? Well, um, so we've looked at a lot of things, uh, and and you know, short in the season or dropping the bag limit. Those are all things that we hear a lot uh, from the public about. What we've looked at is that, you know, the season itself is not, uh, at least the spring season is not a big uh, uh, a big control on the number of turkeys going forward. Turkey numbers ebb and flow, you know, due to a whole lot of natural factors. Um, and so the hunting season itself is not one of the major things controlling that. But the hunting season does um, impact hunter satisfaction and, and, and some of the things that, that go into that. You know, our season... As early as it opens, we we really open before a lot of the real peak activity uh, when it comes to gobbling and stuff like that. I mean, the best the best days of our season are going to be probably the next you know two weeks, and uh, and so what we're looking at is potentially going back to uh, in the spring, going back to the old framework that existed prior to 2005. So prior to 2005, turkey season in Mississippi opened on a Saturday, Saturday closest to uh, March the 20th, and it ran to May the 1st. And then in 05, the agency switched to where the, the, the turkey season opened on March 15th, regardless of the day of the week it fell on. Well, you know, some years like this year, that fell on a Wednesday. The last two years, it's been a Monday and a Tuesday, respectively. And so, you know, that that's something to think about. Um, so going back to kind of that older framework closer to March the 20th moves us back a little bit in time. But in mid-March with the turkey, you know, wanting to talk about the, the bird itself, mid-March is a time of, of flux for the turkey population. You know, a week's time in mid-March makes a huge difference in the amount of gobbling they're doing, the amount of all the stuff that hunters love, you know, can change pretty quickly during that time period as they're kind of coming out of their winter mode and moving into the kind of the spring breeding mode. So this change would put us back closer to when gobbling activity is, is ramped up. And uh, we think that that would provide a better season framework. We can show that that's going to increase harvest rates for hunters. That's going to increase satisfaction for hunters. Uh, and so that's a change we're looking to, to do uh, moving forward. So basically just reverting back to what it, what it had been for a long time, you know, almost a 20, 24, 25 year period 
uh, back from 1980 to 2004. Um, the other really big thing we're looking at uh, going forward is the endorsement of a tagging system. And that would really be uh, to, to try to address some of the illegal abuse of this resource. So we, we're of the opinion that we definitely need to do everything we can to make sure that illegal exploitation of the resource is being addressed to the greatest extent possible. So we've had harvest reporting. Uh, this is the fifth season we've had harvest reporting now. But tagging the bird at the point of harvest, which is a lot of states do, if hunters travel out of state, they're going to be really familiar with that process where they have to have a tag before they can go hunting. And then when they take an animal, put the tag on the bird until it's you know cleaned and, 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 and on the table and everything. Uh, so we're looking at moving to that to provide our law enforcement with a tool to address some of the illegal exploitation of the resource that we know is out there. Well, look, as we get closer to those recommendations and uh, and them being taken up by the commission, we'll talk more about the specific recommendations that's going to be made. But thanks for sort of a heads up that you guys are looking at it for the good of the resource, I might add. Hey, listen, um, that, that that is a an elusive uh, bird, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And that's why it's so addictive for so many people, I think. So, so tell me more about how that bird does what it does. Well, the, the the turkey season that you know it, it really coincides with the breeding season of the bird, and and what normally happens in in nature is that the the gobbler, the male turkey, is trying to call up call up girlfriends, and what the hunter's trying to do is imitate the female, trying to sound like a hen turkey most of the time. Now, sometimes there's some differences there, but you're you're trying to convince that gobbler to do something that he's not normally. Um, he's not normally going to do. He's no, He's normally going to sit there and gobble and show off and strut and wait for the ladies to come to him, and you're trying to reverse that. And that makes it really difficult, uh, especially your older, bigger toms. They're they're really proud of themselves, you know, and they want to just sit in one place and do their thing. And, uh, and so that can cause a lot of consternation for hunters that just sit there. He's gobbling over there, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> their their eyesight and they're 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 so perceptive. Um, you got to be on your game to get a turkey, don't you? Yeah, uh, you know a lot of people say if they could smell like a deer, you'd never get one. You know if they had that sense of smell, but they have extremely good eyesight. They're particularly really good at being able to detect movement, and and, and they also have really good hearing. And they're because they're a prey species. You know, like everything in in the woods tries to eat turkeys. It's not just us. And because of that, they're super nervous. You know, you know, essentially from the time they hatch or even before, uh, they're being pursued by all kinds of different predators. And that makes them very, very nervous about, you know, their their day-to-day living. And so they pick up on anything in their surroundings that are out of the ordinary because they're just so paranoid that they're going to get eaten. And that makes it tough, you know, for a hunter. you got to be totally still, totally camouflaged blend in you know and, and you got to go through all these great links to uh to, to try to match your surroundings and not stick out in addition to being a good caller and sounding like a turkey and being able to kind of speak that language yeah i think about our friends from mossy oaks and what they've been able to bring to the table as far as the the camo and then i think about gosh you know preston Pittman and uh you know will yeah, he sounds exactly like a turkey i, I that guy <laughs> is a turkey he's like <laughs> And, and Will and all these guys, they, you know, this is this is when it really matters. It really matters how you how you operate that call and how you dress and how prepared you are to do what you need to do. But 
Um, it's a, it's a, it, as, you, as we said so many times before, it's so darn addictive and people love it. And, um, you know, one of the, you know, I was thinking about all these other predators that, that get around it. One of the farms that we hunted the last several years, we've had a few turkey, not many, you know, but a lot of predators, you know, a lot of bobcats and coyotes and whatever. Um, but you never find you know never find a wad of turkey feathers somewhere. So they must you, you don't find them, but they 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 get eaten a lot. I mean, in a normal turkey population, you know you're going to lose you know forty percent or so of the bird of the females every year. And the gobbler. Wow, that's out. a lot. Yeah. yeah so uh, you know it's not uncommon in, at, at all to see you know mortality rates that high on a population where where you know just slightly more than 50% of the birds are going to survive the year so they're getting eaten by a lot of things not just to us <laughs> well that's why i guess that's that's why uh, you know focus on predators is actually important very important actually when it comes to turkey population isn't it it's certainly a tool in the toolbox. I mean, if you've got good habitat, you're going to have some turkeys. But but you know, managing predators is all that's that's a tool that people need to think about. Uh, so uh, uh, real quick, how how has your turkey exploits gone? Mine has gone pretty well so far. I've I've, uh, I've you know I always would like to be able to get out more than I do, but I've gotten out enough and I've I've found some success. And uh, and like I said, the uh, really the best part of our season. Uh, is traditionally from about right now until maybe say the the, the second week of April, you know. Um, so, you know, if hunters have not had success up until now, don't worry because the best part of the season is still yet to come, you know. Uh, gobbling activity usually peaks right around April 1st, you know, almost no matter where you're at in the state. So we're getting to it. And hopefully we're going to finally get into a spring weather pattern that makes a little more sense. This has been like the craziest spring weather-wise. It has been. Yeah. So it has been. As we're doing this show, we've got fog in coastal Mississippi and thunderstorms rolling through. So it's that it's that time of year. Hey, listen, it's been it's been great to talk to you, Adam. You're you're a terrific. Uh, your passion for the wild turkey is is very contagious. Thanks for all your hard work, my friend. Thank you. Anytime. Hey, when we come back here on Super Talk Outdoors, we'll have Anthony Ballard. He's the nuisance species biologist for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We'll see you after this. Spring is near, so it's time to get in gear with the mighty 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. This tough tractor is efficient, economical, and easy to use. And with 0% for 60 months, plus an added $1,000 off, Ag Up Equipment is making it even easier to own. Gear up for spring with big savings at Ag Up Equipment. Visit any of our 16 convenient locations or browse online at agup.com. Offer Enzo 430-23. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Carpet cleaning, all metro. Upholstery cleaning, all metro. Pet stains and odors, all metro. Disinfecting and sanitization, all metro. Family owned since 2010, all metro carpet cleaning is your go-to source for all of your carpet, upholstery, tile, and grout cleaning needs. Rated one of the best carpet cleaners in the Jackson area, all metro carpet cleaning has you covered. Call today for a free estimate or to schedule your cleaning. 601-398-8727 or find us on Facebook. 37 years. That's a long time, and that's how long Shapley's Restaurant has been bringing you the finest in steaks, seafood, and, of course, our homemade hot tamales. This is Mark Shapley. 
but we are proud that we are celebrating our 37th year in business. Chapley's has been a staple in the greater Jackson market and had the pleasure of serving guests from around the country. This couldn't have happened without you, and we are so grateful for your continued support. Chapley's Restaurant, 37 years and counting. Come see us soon. 601-957-8000. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest General Motors business elite dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work-ready vehicles available for your job site. Diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dab's fleet. Call the Rogers Dab's business elite fleet team today at 866-671-4226 or visit us online at rogersdabs.com. Rogers Dab Chevrolet. Find new roads. Hey, this is Will with Service Specialist. Are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, Service Specialist has been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. We have candidates for all your administrative, professional, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Check us out online at servicespecialistltd.com. That's servicespecialistltd.com. Service Specialist, your expert recruiters helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967 with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. Hi, I'm Thomas Trammell with Family Termite. The season's getting a lot colder, and different kinds of insects are going to start coming into your home, into your structures, and your business. Look out for ladybugs, cockroaches, mice, and rats. You can call us for any of those things, and we can take care of you. Call Family Termite at 601-933-1014 or reach us on our website at www.family-termite.com. Call us at 601-933-1014. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. The Senate has passed a resolution essentially reviving a bill that would restore Mississippi's ballot initiative process. We spoke to House Speaker Philip Gunn, who said unless the Senate is willing to come down on the number of signatures needed, overall passage seems unlikely. What we passed closely mirrors what was the original bill and uh, the senate has just been way way above that every time so uh, unless they plan to to change their position i don't know that it serves a whole lot of good uh, or is going to accomplish anything as it currently stands members of the house believe 106,000 signatures should be enough for citizens to suggest law changes those in the senate have previously argued for 240,000 signatures it's also worth noting that the bill currently on the table would not allow residents to make changes relating to abortion or pers before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey, on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? 
Targeted digital advertising from STMM Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I really, really enjoyed that conversation with Adam Butler. He's so passionate about the wild turkey program, and he's not just passionate, he knows what he's talking about. And as he said, you know, one of the great stories of the North American wildlife conservation model that Mississippi adopted many, many years ago. In fact, wild turkey might have been like the first wildlife uh, species that we really focused on. But the, the story across the board, across so many different species is truly remarkable what we've been able to do by sort of adopting the wild, North American wildlife conservation model. But we're right at the heart. As he said, the next two weeks are going to be fast and furious in the wild turkey world. And, uh, and it'll be fun to kind of watch and see how that, that all plays out. But if you're out in the woods, enjoy yourself. Stay, stay safe, as I always say. Now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Anthony Ballard, who I actually said was a nuisance species biologist, but actually he's since, so he sort of in a, in a, in a quasi role in, Nor- in uh, back in November. But today he actually is the new Black Bear program leader. So let me welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, Anthony, and also say congratulations to you, my friend. I appreciate it. Always enjoy being on the show. It's good to see you. Look, um, I, I'm for people who are watching on Super Talk TV or Facebook or YouTube, you can see that you're sitting on a on a on a deck somewhere with a beautiful, you know, wooded area behind you. Where are you right now? Uh, right now, I'm at Holmes County State Park, uh, one of our many beautiful state parks. Um, here, feeling the cool breeze from the storms here uh, coming off the lake. So it's it's a pretty cool place to be. So what are you doing there? Well, you got a, it's a big meeting that you're involved in, right? Yeah. So our um, our wildlife officers, our cadets, uh, after they go through the law enforcement training academy, they go through what we call Makota, which is the law the uh, Mississippi Conservation uh, Conservation Officer Training Academy. That's a mouthful. Um, and our wildlife staff, our, our technical staff, come through uh, in in a week, and they'll they'll give kind of a a sampler platter, if you will, of you know, sort of a crash course of each individual program and what they do in the agency. And so it gives those officers a good chance to be able to kind of absorb some of that and be able to speak intelligently about what we do as well as what they do. Yeah, you and I chatted a little bit before the show started that uh, when people think of Mississippi, we don't think typically about black bear. I mean, the average person doesn't think typically about the black bear, but you know, I, I mentioned to you that, that in and around the areas where I hunt in the Mississippi Delta, there have been many sightings, even some, some, some game camera pictures of bears. Um, Mississippi's got a, a growing population of bear, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, during the, during the wintertime, we'll get a few. You know, there's a lot of denning activity then. But, uh, you know, especially the people that run those cameras into the spring and, and some people even run them year round. Now you've got cell cameras in the woods all over the place. And so there's more and more pictures that are being taken and more sightings uh, every year. People have heard of Shark Week. <laughs> it's very popular. I guess it's Discovery Channel or whoever does it. But right. really popular now. Most of the other big uh, you know, programs like National Geographic have their in- indications of that. But we have Bear Week. Tell, tell me about Bear Week. 
We do. So this is the first year that, that it's been rolled out. Uh, it's, it's kind of a social media push. And, you know, a lot of our posts are sort of, you know, one day or, or, or even one single post about an interesting topic or whatever. Um, but we had enough content and we really want to kind of peel back the onion of, of what the bear program does, the work that we do and sort of highlight that. And so every day this week, uh, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, we'll have different posts about, uh, the work that we've been doing, um, last summer so summer of 22 and then into this into this winter and spring too you know it's interesting social media actually is a really good tool you know i know you guys are focused on biology and research and just general information about the bears but you get to like mississippi whitetails on facebook has a a ton of uh, members Uh, there are other really good uh, outdoor websites in, in, uh, in mississippi and you can go there, and pretty regularly, though, people are posting pictures of bears and whatever. That's really actually a good good way to collect information, isn't it? Yeah, and there are actually several. Uh, there's one that Louisiana have, and then at the at the end of this um, this week, we'll actually be sharing a Facebook page where that's the purpose of the Facebook page is to share nothing but pictures. Uh, so basically, it'll be a picture. Most of the time, it's a game camera picture. And then the county that 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 picture came from, and it's just it's all about bears. So uh, it'll be a good tool for us to kind of to locate some of those that may be outside of the normal range, and and possibly do uh, location at the very least, and then possibly trapping and collaring and that sort of thing as well. Hey, I think it's exciting that you guys are doing that. I, I predict it's going to be a really, really, really popular social media presence. And uh, as soon as you get that page up, make sure your folks uh, tag. Uh, Super Talk Outdoors, and we'll post it on our social media platforms as well. There's just a lot going on these days as it relates to bears in your department, isn't there? Yes, there is. We had, um, so we just finished up den checks, which uh, part of the, the program is to monitor reproduction. And during the wintertime, those females will actually um, stay in their den, the, 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 the pregnant females. And so they'll stay in that den all winter long and, and into the spring. So during that time, We'll actually go in and, and locate those females, uh, sedate those females, and then uh, work up the cubs. So we'll give those cubs uh, pit tags, which is, is like a tiny little microchip, and that way we can scan those individuals and identify them and, and kind of keep track of them for, for the rest of their life. How do you find where the dens are? That's interesting. So every now and then you'll have one that, that someone just happened to cross and, and they'll call us and say, hey, we've got a bear in a tree or, you know, in a, in a den somewhere. But most of the time uh, we have it's bears that we collared this past summer. And so sometimes we'll get GPS points. But the problem with the GPS is they have to have satellite reception. And when you're inside of a cedar, uh, excuse me, a cypress tree, that's not always the case. And so um, we use a, a VHF uh, transmission. So we use a directional antenna to go in and find that bear. Uh, some first of all, a lot of times with um, an airplane, and then we'll actually go in on the ground and locate that bear after that. Is that where usually the the dens are? I know the den could be could make many different forms, but you mentioned cedar tree. T- tell me more about that. Our cypress tree. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, a lot of times it's in a cypress or an old oak tree because those are the ones that are usually have you know hollow spaces that are large enough to hold bears. And we see a lot of that denning behavior in the trees in the South Delta specifically because you have a lot of times where the water, you know, especially in the wintertime, is unpredictable. So if you have a den on the ground and then you find yourself two feet underwater, that's not a good thing for <laughs> to, to have your den there. So um, 
but it could be ground ins. You know, we worked up several uh, this year that were in um, underneath slash piles. So places that have been clear cut, logs have been pushed up, and, and they kind of excavated right into there. So there's a pretty wide variety of, of how they could make those dens, but it's really amazing the spaces that those bears can fit into and the entrances they are. Um, a lot of them I could barely get myself into them, and there's a you know 250-pound female in there. It's, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. <laughs> that that really is incredible. Hey, you think about it, you guys in late uh, 2022 had a lot of success. I think you collared eight bears then. How do you how do you go about catching one? Do you do you do you? Well, I'll let you tell the story. I'm not going to guess about it. Yeah. So a lot of times, uh, the ones that we collared this this uh, past summer were, were you know landowners that we've done a lot of work with in the past. We've, in the past, we've got a lot of good landowners that you know we have good relationships. Um, but what we'll do is we'll set up a, a culvert trap, which is basically a, as the name implies, it's a big section of culvert with a, a guillotine gate. So it's essentially a giant live trap and, um, usually bait them with day old donuts because they're, they're easy to get. They're usually free and, um, and, and bears have an incredibly good sense of smell and, and who could turn down a donut? So uh, that's usually, that's usually what we use to, to get them in and, and, um, and then once we have them in the trap, then we sedate them from there and collar them and let them go. Who figured that out? What a cool, I mean, <laughs> donuts you know, so, to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, some things you, you kind of, uh, I guess whoever started off didn't have a picnic basket like, you know, like Yogi and Boo Boo, right? So they just kind of <laughs> used the donuts. But, um, yeah, it, it, one of some of those things is just, hey, this is how we've done it. They're easy to do. It's, it's easy to get and you just kind of roll with it. Um, so, uh, you know, just, one of those things that if it's not broke, don't, don't fix it, you know. <laughs> so are you guys using um, all that new technology so that when the bear gets inside there, you can literally watch it in there and, and push a button on the mobile phone and close it? How does that work? Yeah, that's so we had talked about um, me being in the wild hog program, and, and last time I was on the show, that's where I was. And we have actually taken, um, it was back in 2018, uh, 2018 and 19, when we had the flood in the Delta, we actually took some cameras equipment off of my hog trap and then basically retrofitted it to fit a one of the culvert traps and used it then. Um, but I'm actually in the process of, of getting some of those cameras and actually tailoring them to some of those bear traps. And so that's actually in the works. I've got to get uh, the aluminum fabricator that's going to try to put all that together, and then we're going to kind of build all that into one so the short answer is yes that that's that's coming online here hopefully by the summer so you're doing some innovation based on what you learned on the wild hog side that's i'm not surprised to hear that incidentally hey listen uh, is the mother of invention they say it it is isn't it It, it's definitely the mother of invention this is anthony ballard who used to be the nuisance species biologist we've talked about wild hog and other nuisance uh, species many times on this show but now he's the black bear program leader as he pointed out using some innovation that he learned in his prior life in the nuisance area and uh, we'll continue the conversation on the other side when we come back
since 1871 everything you need from hardware feed and seed is at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. The spring open house is upon us Saturday, April the 1st from 7 to 2 p.m. Great live music with blues legend Jesse Robinson along with food, beverages, and great deals. Buy one, get one free garden plants, gin trash, just $7 a bucket, and much, much more. Your building supply headquarters is also your spring supply headquarters. Since 1871, everything you need from hardware feed and seed is Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. How can R.J. Young help you with digital communications, managed IT services, business process outsourcing, and office equipment and technology? R.J. Young is your source for the technology solutions that power your business. For more information and a quick demo of the modern office and how it's increasing efficiency and bottom lines of businesses across the country, visit us at themodernoffice.com. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. Spring is near, so it's time to get in gear with the mighty 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. This tough tractor is efficient, economical, and easy to use. And with 0% for 60 months, plus an added $1,000 off, Ag Up Equipment is making it even easier to own. Gear up for spring with big savings at Ag Up Equipment. Visit any of our 16 convenient locations or browse online at agup.com. Offer Enzo 43023. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Super Talk Mississippi, King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome, Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all, whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd, at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. Sold out. got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. You can register to win tickets by going to Got Gear Motorsports on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. That's Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Want to infuse new flavor into your favorite recipes? Try Polk's Smoked Sausages or Delicious Ham Steaks. Add Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausage in your spaghetti. It adds just the right amount of spicy flavor. Polk's Cajun Sausage is a family pleaser in your famous red beans and rice. Your bayou friends jambalaya is even better when you mix it with Polk's Ham and Sausage. And for Grandma's old-time chili recipe, kick it up with Polk's Original Beef or Pork Sausages. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. We're the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation offices. Farm Bureau is a grassroots organization with county offices serving all 82 counties. From Adams to Yazoo and every county in between, we have local county boards affecting change all across Mississippi. And every Farm Bureau employee is working to improve the quality of life for everyone in the state. When Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend, a good friend actually, he's been on the show many times, Anthony Ballard, who used to be the nuisance species biologist. And he learned a lot about that stuff. And he's actually applying a lot, some of that innovation to the work that he's doing now as the Black Bear Program leader, you know one of the one of the interesting things I learned from you uh, in preparing for the show is that when people think of the black bear, they just think that they they're all going to go hibernate. They're all bear going to go hibernate. They're going to disappear for a period of time, and they'll reappear in the spring. But that's actually not the way it works. Talk to me more about that. So when you use the word hibernation. Uh, it's it's technically you know it's a it's kind of a ubiquitous term that people can understand and, and know what that means. Uh, a better name for it would be carnivore lethargy or torpor, uh, which is sort of descriptive of a uh, not as deep of a sleep. Uh, they do still experience that that drop in body temperature and the drop in respiration and metabolism, uh, and that's to you know conserve those fat resources and use them as efficiently as possible. Um, but they they do actually get out and forage, especially with you know, the commonality of, of feeders on the landscape, um, particularly if it's a male or, or a female that doesn't have cubs in the den, you know, they'll get out and forage. And, I mean, you know, if they can consume those free calories during deer season, you know, a lot with, with pretty little effort, they're going to do that. And so uh, particularly the males, you know, they'll get out and, you know, if, it, if we have a really cold front that comes through, they'll, they'll stay in a den for a little while to kind of pass that by. But a lot of times they're out of the den a lot more than people realize. That's very very interesting. Listen, um, there's a lot more coming up as it relates to the bear. How can people learn more about uh, the bear? You know, how how do they see observation maps, et cetera? Yeah, so w- there's a lot of things that we're kind of launching this week. You know, you, you mentioned Bear Week on social media. That's that's going to be a really good crash course on kind of a you know everything bear uh, in those posts, and then. Of course, our website, um, the Black Bear Program website, has a lot of good resources on there. Um, there's there's more material than most people want to read on there about black bears. And then uh, we encourage people to to give us observation reports to go on our website. Uh, one of the first buttons you'll see on the Black Bear page is to report a bear sighting. So uh, before that that came into our program, and and we were able to view that. But one thing that I wanted to do was kind of tell that story of you know where these bears are being seen. And so we're making a public map that will drop um, later on this week, probably either today or tomorrow, um, where the public can go on and actually view all those public reports that have been um, submitted and see where bears in the state are being are being observed most. Hey, back in the light, late 1990s, I, I had the honor of being president of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation, and I remember really well back in those days, now, you know, over 30 years ago, um, that the that the Louisiana back, black bear program was kind of engaged in our organization, and you know it was so rare back then to even see a bear. Uh, what's happened in the last thirty years that that has caused an increase in the population? Well, it's it's a little bit of you know multiple factors. Uh, number one is you know of course they've had federal and state protection in the state of Mississippi, but we've also seen a lot of um, immigration from Louisiana and from Arkansas. Uh, so southeast Arkansas has kind of that White River population, and then Louisiana 
uh, the most dense populations right there at Tinsaw, you know, right across the, the river from us. And so over the years, most of the bears that we have in the state, at least the ones that, that kind of established our breeding population, came from one of those areas, swam the river, and, and uh, set up shop here in Mississippi. So uh, then we also have, you know, uh, a breeding and growing population in the Mobile Basin in Alabama. And so you're kind of seeing some, some uh, immigration from, from other states, and I, I fully expect that to continue and to build on itself. The, the range of a black bear is pretty significant, isn't it? Give, you know, it, in some ways, it, 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 I recall some of the conversations you and I have had about hogs and how they can cover a bunch of uh, ground. But black bear can really a single black bear can really cover a lot of ground, can it? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, there was um, there was a, a report on I can't remember where it was. I read it, but uh, it was a, a black bear that they were actually doing research on relocating back black bears. Tennessee was. And they took a, uh, a female from the Smoky Mountain National Park at a, at a campsite there that was causing problems, relocated her 50 miles away, and she covered four states and roughly a 1,000 miles and ended up right back at the same campsite again. Um, so it's, it's when you talk about range, you know, the, the textbook will say, will say you know, 5,000 acres or so for a female, 20,000 or so for a male, but... And the truth of it is, if a bear wants to just up one day and, and walk 20 miles, that's that's no problem at all. That's really incredible. Listen, uh, as, as people become more aware of your program, especially during Black Bear or Bear Week, and also the fact that your social media presence is going to really increase, we we got less than a minute. Tell people how to report bear sightings. So the best way to do it is to go to mdwfp.com, go to wildlife and hunting, and then click on the Black Bear program um, button and like I said it's a big green button at the top of the page it's the first thing you say is the first thing you see that says report a bear observation that's MDWFP and what that stands for is Mississippi Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks dot com to learn more about the black bear program anyway listen uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you my friend always a pleasure this has been uh, Anthony Ballard the new actually the new guy head of the Black Bear program for the Department of Wildlife Fisheries Park it's been a pleasure hey listen as I end every show stay safe when you're in the outdoors and pray for the people for sure of the Delta they they really need your prayers have a great day God bless you and we'll see you next week Mississippi Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.